What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome back to your weekly dose of all it is pro wrestling with them boys from 607 Podcasts. That's right, it is time for this week's edition of 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show. And that, of course, is better known as hashtag 607TWS. We are coming to you live from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am one of your hosts here at 607TWS. I'm also the host of the 3FN Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me in the co-host chair as he does each and every week, but you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Are we ready to talk some pro wrestling? And we are, hopefully. Hopefully we're ready to talk some pro wrestling. I'm still getting over that a uh, little bit of uh, coffee, coffee, coffee. This fucking weather yeah. in the greater 607 area sucks. Sinuses are not my friends right now. They're not my friends. They're not my enemy. They're, it's, it's like allergies. It goes from fucking 40 degrees to 60 degrees to 20 degrees to 60 degrees. Like, I just wish the weather would make up its damn mind. I just wish the weather would make up its mind. Ken M. But here we are still not making up its goddamn mind. Mm-hmm. Well, we got an interesting show and not a ton, ton to talk about. We're going to do two segments again this week. In the opening segment, we're going to talk about NXT Halloween Havoc. We're going to follow that up with some Game Changer Wrestling Talk. Let you know what went down in Detroit and Columbus, respectively, before talking about what's going down in Los Angeles this weekend for them. Then we'll take our break. After the break, we're going to talk All Elite Wrestling. They had a really good show go down on Dynamite last week. Unfortunately, some bad news out of that as well. Plus, we've gotten some news on the ever long scrum fallout yes and we're going to talk about that all that and more this week on the podcast but before we can get to any of that news ken m tell the fine folks how to find yourself in the odph podcast very simple swing on over to odphpodcast.com joining the conversation on social media accounts are right there on the front page along with the t public link the patreon link one tier two dollars and a lot of content on the way Parlay points block section. Going to try hammering out a blocks count anywhere this week. Some shows that are going on this weekend. They definitely think everybody should be keeping an eye out. So look for that later this week. And for anything else that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. And of course, if you would like to find out anything about the 3FN podcast, go to 3FNpodcast.com. All of our social links are there. The Patreon link is there. Patreon.com slash 3FN podcast for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content. Plus, you get to help support the shows. RT public link is there as well. Plus, on top of that, the music directory, which features Floodlands, who mm. does our theme song for the show each and every week. Make sure you're uh, following them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last, but certainly not least, there's the local sponsors who help bring the show to you commercial-free every week. And the main sponsor of 607TWS, of course, is Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. All that can be found and more at 3fmpodcast.com, keeping it short and simple. Kenem, are you ready to talk some pro grappling? Let's do it. Well, I think you should check your watch because... It's time! That's right, it's time to get the show started, and here we go with some news out of the world of WWE, more specifically NXT, because NXT had a huge return to their own night of pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. This is the standalone pay-per-view we have not gotten from NXT in a while. Because technically there was one over the weekend where they had, you know, Worlds Collide. But that wasn't really standalone because it was attached to the WWE Clash of the Castle event. Right. This is the first time we've seen an NXT event by itself in quite some time. I, I, I got to remember... Shoot, since it was the black and gold? Yeah, since the Triple H era, the original run, uh, right. not not the 2.0 Vince era. No, they got right back to business. Obviously, this wasn't an official takeover, but it was a premium live event that definitely buzzed the media, buzzed the fans, and rightfully so because there's a lot of good things to talk about. I'm also happy they did Halloween Havoc this way because they've been doing yeah. Halloween Havoc as a on-air uh, NXT kind of bonus show, kind of like what AEW does when they do the bonus shows. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I'm a complete fan of that. I mean, I'm not talking about Battle of the Belts, which we've talked about ad nauseum that they should do better. But yeah. I, I hate naming episodes of a program something, and I understand Grand Slam was an awesome and cool event, but at the same point in Juncture, it's still just fucking 
dynamite. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. I know AEW tries offsetting that because they only run the four big pay-per-views, but still, no, I'm with you on that. Like, you don't need to give it any more pop and circumstance than you already do. I mean, everybody should be tuned in for Dynamite for being Dynamite. And, of course, NXT has borrowed that over the years. So that's something that they have borrowed from AEW, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And we've had Halloween Havoc and Great American Bash, Bash and a few other things as a replacement for the normal NXT show. So I'm happy that this time we've gotten Halloween Havoc, and hopefully going forward this will be the new TakeOver. Maybe they won't call them TakeOvers anymore, or maybe they'll just have one TakeOver as a name of the show. Maybe they'll just say, okay, Halloween Havoc, instead of doing it on NXT, will be a standalone pay-per-view or, sorry, premium live event on the Peacock, cock, cock, the Peacock. And I think that's the way to go, in my my humble opinion. I'm with you on that. No, I'm with you on that. All right, let's talk about this card, shall we? Yep. Uh, The first, the opening contest of the evening was a ladder match for the vacant NXT North American Championship. Your former champion, Carmelo Hayes, going up against Oro Mensa, Von Wagner, Nathan Frazier, and of course, our good friend Wesley. This match got 19 minutes and 17 seconds. Very solid ladder match at the end of the day. And new NXT North American Champion, Wesley. Amazing match. The Spanish fly onto the ladder was insane. And they definitely want to set the tempo right, and this is what you need to do with the opening bouts. They really need to get the crowd going, and I'm super excited Wesley got the belt finally. I was happy with this match. This match overall was very good. Even uh, some characters in the match like <clears throat> Von Wagner, who I just normally don't care about, uh, was, was stepped to brought his A game at least. He brought as, something. As much as, as much as he can have an A game, I guess that's his, you know, most good wrestlers would be their C game, but hey, for him, it's his A game. It's yeah. fine. It's you progress. Know, it is what it is. <laughs> but at the end of the day, Wesley winning the belt was fucking awesome. And on top of that, uh, the a little bit we got afterwards where we got the uh, Shawn Michaels embrace. The only thing that was creepy about that was it looked like they were going to make out for a minute. Yeah. It definitely was a little awkward, but I think this is what Triple H is, or the Shawn Michaels is going to try doing set out. Triple H always does the handshake right after. So that might be his thing now. Well, I think it's nice that, you know, obviously Wesley has probably been inspired by Shawn Michaels. Yes. There's there's a style there that a lot of those guys tend to idolize Shawn Michaels. So it's probably really nice to have the vote of confidence from your hero. And Shawn's become this big softy in these older days. So <laughs> so it's kind of nice to see. It, it was a little creepy just because I think seeing Shawn Michaels be... I don't know. Hands on like that is kind of creepy. Yeah, it's just because we haven't seen this side of him before. No, no. So it was nice. It was nice to see what Wesley is, at least. Next up, we had our first of two spin the wheel, make the deal matches. And this one landed on casket match. And that casket match would be between Grayson Waller and Apollo Crews. This match got 12 minutes and 58 seconds at the end of the day. Your winner, Apollo Crews. Serviceable match. Here's one of my takeaways, though. Why is everybody so shitty on Grayson Waller? Because I think he does a lot of the small things and the big things correctly. To me, it's just a weird place with him being like a Miz wannabe. Like, that's where it comes off. Like, I know that you're trying to be like the Miz. It just doesn't come off that way. Like, I know you still have some time to develop your character. But that's what rubs me the wrong way about him. You see, I think that I feel kind of bad for him because I think what they were originally going for is him being the Logan Paul of the WWE. Yeah, and then they went out and that. signed Logan Paul, so it was kind of like, okay, so maybe we need to switch him up, switch up his character, and I think that's what needs to happen. But as far as in ring talent goes, I, I really feel like he's pretty decent in there. He's not the best, but he's he's more than serviceable. He's a good hand. Exactly. No, he's very very serviceable, and, and like he's getting more confidence now. That he's, I don't know, the spotlight isn't on him so much. Like, that was one thing, like, during the NXT 2.0, like, first run, he had a lot of eyes on him, and I don't know if he was handling that well. I would blame it on too much too soon. Honestly. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, And yeah, now he's got the right people around him. They're not expecting him to be the top guy right away. They're like, hey, get comfortable with your skin. Mm-hmm. I think that I think the management change has been very good, and I'm liking what Shawn Michaels is doing down there. Uh, but Apollo Crews, what can you say bad about Apollo Crews? About time he got that win. I love the win. I love the fact that they're doing something. I like the kind of fact that you took him away from the crowd. You're washing the stains of, uh, you know, I wouldn't say bad character because it wasn't bad. It just wasn't good. Mm-hmm. It was a blah character. It was, eh. You're watching those stains away, and I'm anticipating he'll be back on one of the Raw or SmackDown probably within the next six months. Is It would be my guess. I'd, yeah, yeah, I got to think that unless they want to keep him down there to really build the brand up, you know, and really then finally, like when NXT 3.0, as I like to call it, is finally at a good place, then they'll bring him up. Yeah, so like I, after that's, Mania. That's what I'm feeling. That's still like six months, give or take. 
Oh yeah. Smania is coming up in April. We're 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 almost we're around the six month mark away. Wow, it's just time is flying. I know, right now. I know, but yeah, that's what I'm thinking with him. I I really do think this is a good way to wash that stank off. Yeah, him, I, it, because like I said, it wasn't necessarily a bad character, no, but, but it, it wasn't was, good. Yeah, so was, middle of the road is actually worse than bad in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. at least if you're like really bad, that gives the crowd something to boo for. It's not the best because it's uh, they're not booing you because of what you're doing. They're booing you because you know the gimmick sucks. And of course, being over is great. Yeah. In the middle, when you're getting no reaction or light reaction, has got to be the worst. Oh yeah, because in my you, opinion, because you don't know exactly what direction you should go in. Right. How do you improve on it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Next up was our second of two spin the wheel, make the deal matches. I love that they brought the spin the wheel, make the deal back. And this was a weapons wild match between Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez, two of the best young women's wrestlers that they have, not just in WWE but in the world. Mm-hmm. 12 minutes, 25 seconds at the end of the day, Roxanne Perez gets the victory. I thought this match was really good. I thought it was a good showcase of these two young ladies who, let's be honest, like I said, they are two of the top young females. They are not in their final form yet, but they're both very good at their, their age, at their you know length in the uh, wrestling business, and the, the future is bright as hell for both of these women. Yeah, this is a cornerstone that they should be building around. Like This is going to be a new fight forever, and I'm completely fine with it. Just so much talent, and, and they have not even hit their primes yet. I can't wait to them to keep improving because they keep better and better every week. Like I said, they're already good now. Mm-hmm. You could put them on a main roster now, and they would definitely hold their own right now. I think that you should keep them, get them a little more seasoning, get them to that finalized character before moving them up. Mm-hmm. But with that, they're going to get a lot more ring time, and they're only going to be better. So by the time these two young ladies hit that main roster, whoo. We're going to be talking about another two great women in the WWE Women's Division. Absolutely. Next up, we had an ambulance match. And if uh, Julius lost, Brutus Creed would have to leave NXT. It's interesting that it was a br- your brother has to leave, not you, but interesting. Uh, and, of course, this match got 14 minutes and 9 seconds. At the end of the day, we don't have to worry about that. Julius Creed defeated Damon Kemp. I understand that they've been building this with him being the turncoat and this all this weird shit going on. I still don't like this storyline. It was a good match. I thought it was, you know, it wasn't bad. It was slightly above average. I like the violence in it. But once again, the feud I'm not buying into. Since they dismantled Diamond Mind, it, this feud just has gone absolutely nowhere, and I have no interest in it. But I'm, I'm happy the Creed brothers are still there because I, I think they can do a lot of big things and revitalize the tag team division. So I'm here for that. Well, next up was a match that was very interesting and near and dear to us. First of all, earlier in the night, we got this great haunted house. Like, this is a new Halloween Havoc thing. We, we saw it before, remember, with uh, Johnny Gargano mm-hmm. and uh, Sexual Loomis and, and Car- Carmelo and Trick. I mean, it wasn't the same, but that's kind of the feel we got with Elba Fire and Mandy Rose and, of course, Toxic Attraction. And they did that earlier in the night, and it was kind of a way to kind of write off Toxic Attraction a little bit. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of fun, given the Halloween Havoc theming. Yeah, they, no, they paired it off great. I mean, if it would have been just a regular show, I'd have been like, what the fuck is this? But this is Halloween Havoc. Mm-hmm. we got to have some Halloween Havoc in. Yes. Well, later in the night, we got a match. We got a match for the NXT Women's Championship. Your champion, Mandy Rose, going one-on-one with Alba Fire. This match got seven minutes and seven seconds. There were still some uh, distractions and some uh, things going on at the end of the day. And still NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose. And here comes the question. Who can dethrone Mandy Rose? That's a great question. I think eventually it's going to be Roxanne Perez. But, I think that would be good money bet. But in the immediate future, I don't know. But then at the same point, she has been on an absolute tear since coming to NXT and revitalizing the career. She and when she comes back to the main roster, trust me, she's going to be in the main event slot whatever show she's on. Mandy has definitely been putting in the work and it's showing right here and this is another great program. Keep the belt on her as long as you need to until you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is the best thing for NXT right now. Yeah. If anybody doesn't think that Mandy Rose is getting the job done, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, exactly. She's a great heel. The crowd, the crowd's into it. She can wrestle in the ring, throws as good of a, uh, a V trigger as anybody, mm-hmm. including Kenny Omega. Yes, I think she's gotten. I think this trip down to NXT has actually benefited her completely. 
I mean, it sucks that she's not up top right now in Raw or SmackDown, but I guarantee that's coming soon. It has to be, but I, I think that they're trying to take care of home, like you said before. I would expect around WrestleMania season. Unless they pull the trigger on Roxanne Perez a little before, maybe Royal Rumble season. However, I would say carry it out to WrestleMania season. Get a big win for Roxanne Perez WrestleMania weekend, mm-hmm. and then move Mandy Rose right on up to the main roster the next night. Yes. Her in Toxic Perfect. Attraction. Then we'll have a tag team to wrestle in the tag team division, and we'll have a top-tier women's competitor to enter that WWE women's division. Well, that leaves only one thing, Ken M, and that's the main event of the evening. And this was a triple threat match for the NXT Championship. Your champion, Braun Breaker, defending the title against Dragunov and J.D. McDonough. This match got 23 minutes. 47 seconds and at the end of the day it's the little bad booty daddy Braun Breaker getting the victory and still your NXT champion thoughts on the match Ken great match would love to see him and Dragunov do one-on-one though that's that's something I know is coming eventually but this was a great match it definitely kept up the pace and Braun Breaker you talk about another guy that's really running with the ball right now he's fantastic by the way Somebody needs to hit me up. That little bad booty daddy. I think that should be on uh, shirts. Yes. It fits for a couple different reasons. Obvious homage to his uncle, but he's also dating Cora Jade in real life. <laughs> so it works on a lot of different levels. Hear me out. <laughs> WWE, NXT, hit your boy up. That is a money plan. And not to mention, remember, build up to this match, he dropped the uh, Steiner, Steiner math. math. It was great. Not the incorrect version. He actually used the math right. Yes. So this kid knows his, his stuff mathematically. And he's just getting better on the mic and more comfortable, too. Like, that's the thing. When he is ready to get hit that main roster, he's going to be a beast up there. Once again, he's another guy that I'm, I'm going to agree with you, like what you said earlier. He is in a position where you could bring him up anytime, mm-hmm. but let him stay. Let him t- get take the NXT brand a little further. Yes. And on top of it, get a little more seasoning. So when you bring him up, you can put him right in the fray of that top mid-card main event picture. Because mm-hmm. I think the kid's got everything. He's got the look. He's got the talent. And the last thing that's coming around is the mic skills, but he's getting them. Yeah, he's, like, definitely, he's definitely building definitely... on that. that is, that's the one thing that's jumping out lately Like he in his promo work. He's finally getting comfortable. Like You know, you're talking about uh, too much too soon with Grayson Waller. It felt like that a little bit with Braun and the Vince regime of, of NXT, but now Shawn Michaels and Trips and everybody down there is really just letting him be him, and you're seeing it now reflect in the work. Absolutely. Overall, Ken, what did you think of NXT Halloween Havoc, the premium live event on the Peacock? Cock, cock, the Peacock. Very enjoyable show. Really thought the it was solid from top to bottom. Didn't really think too much bad was in there at all. And if this is going to be the new standard, they do the uh, premium live event, so to speak. I'm here for it. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. I thought it was a good show. Like I said, we don't grade things, but I'll give it a thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. I think that's thumbs a better up. way to do it. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. Thumbs up for this one. This is definitely one that if you didn't see, go back and watch it on Peacock. You will not regret it. Well, there was a couple other events that we watched this weekend, too. But that's from our good friends, Game Changer Wrestling. And, yes, we're recording on a Monday again, so we don't know if they've taken over World Wrestling Entertainment. (laughs) Allegedly, they were showing up on Raw, but I haven't gotten the Iggy yet from uh, our good friend, Padawan Jay, that said this happened. So maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. I would like to think that they're always in charge of Game Changer Wrestling. I would like to think that this is not the Triple H era, yet it is the Brett Lauderdale era. And I know there's a lot of people out there that probably think I'm crazy, but... GCW is for the kids. <laughs> Facts. Well, Game Changer Wrestling, all joking aside, Game Changer Wrestling was back on Fight.tv this past Saturday and Sunday from Detroit and Columbus, respectively. You can still order it on Fight TV. They were good shows. There was a little bit of a hiccup on the Fight feed on Saturday. Yeah. I don't know if that was on the company or on Fight. I'm assuming Fight because it went down. However, they did rectify it very quickly. They did not start the main event until after it was rectified, so good on GCW. And hopefully, uh, obviously on the replay, you won't notice that. They'll probably edit that right the fuck out Mm. so with that though let's talk about that show because on saturday night they were live at the legendary harpo's theater in detroit michigan for gcw drop dead the card opened up with our good friend the east coast ace jordan oliver defeating Shiho Hung in 12 minutes and 56 seconds. Shiho Hung is a Korean wrestler making his debut in the United States and for Game Changer Wrestling. Very good performance for that opening contest. Definitely agree. 
It's a perfect way to start the show. I would love to see more Shiho hung, and of course, we always give big shout outs to our boy Jordan Oliver. Mm-hmm. The next match, two GCW favorites as All Heart, aka the best in the fucking world, Blake Christian defeated the king of Rex Shit Mountain, Cole Raderick. Nine minutes and thirty-two seconds. Cole's on a little bit of a losing streak, but he's still putting out bangers of matches. Cole's at this point that he doesn't need a win, and he's still over the crowd, and that's a good thing. And but I definitely think this is a, a solid match. Wouldn't mind seeing this ran back, to be honest with you. Card is subject to change, and that's what happened here because the next match was a couple matches put together, but who won? The fucking fans mm-hmm. because we had a four-way match that had All Elite Nick Wayne defeat ASF, Gringo Loco, and the return of Commander. 13 minutes in 24 seconds. Dude, all I'm going to tell you is that this match was fucking insane. Yeah, this was wild. And Commander, <laughs> out of his fucking mind. Yeah. Out of his mind. Nobody's doing things like he's doing in the ring. I'm just saying, and I think Rich echoes that completely. This was fan. This was what you want to see in like a, a, not a scramble match, but you just want to see just these guys just excelling at what they do best, flying all over the ring. It was just high action from top to bottom. Agreed. Next up was a return to a GCW ring, but also a return to a wrestling ring because he's taking a little bit of time off. The Octopus, Jonathan Gresham, defeated Yamato, 15 minutes and 46 seconds. This was one of the best matches I've seen all weekend. It's awesome to see Jonathan Gresham back in a ring doing what he does best, and I echo your statement completely. And if you haven't seen Yamato, he's good. He's real good. Uh, He's going to be going back to Japan soon, and we're going to miss out on him, but I I hope he comes back because he's very good. Next up, we had a tag team match. Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie defeated Chase Burnett and Malcolm Monroe III in 10 minutes and 37 seconds. Fun match. Good match. Bussy's back doing bussy things. Completely agree. Fun match. Next up was a fucking death match. (laughs) The Iron Demon, Shane Mercer, defeated Tommy Vendetta 11 minutes and 45 seconds. And Shane Mercer's fucking insane. Yeah. The stuff he does in regular matches is is one thing. The stuff he goes into death matches and does, whole different level. He is just a, a wow. <laughs> if you haven't seen, this man is jacked to the gills. But on top of it, he does a move uh, for a finisher where he has, it's almost like he sets a guy, he's on the middle turn, he'll stand on the middle turnbuckle. He'll have the guy like he's going to give him, you know, like a release, uh, fall, away slam. fall away slam. And instead, he just does a complete moonsault power slam onto him. Yeah. Uh, he did that, missed the, the light tube, but... Uh, Tommy Vendetta unluckily still ate that light tube before the pin. <laughs> yeah, don't piss off Shane Mercer. Facts. Next up was another fucking death match, and that would be our our one of our fan favorites, Hoodfoot, taking on Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy fucking Lloyd, and he won. Hoodfoot wins seven minutes and fifty two seconds. These two just beat the shit out of each other for seven minutes and fifty two seconds. The ring was covered in glass. It looked yeah. like snow. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that this went to death match with these two, you knew it was going to be wild, and they definitely lived up to that. Then we got a break, and we got our main event of the evening. It was a for the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Championships, and it was a DLC match. Doors, ladders, <laughs> and chairs. Your champions, the Mega Bastards, Alex Cologne and the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch. Defending the titles against the second gear crew, Mance Warner and Matthew Justice, and Los Macisos, Ciclope, and Miedo Extremo. This match got 21 minutes and 16 seconds. It was brutal as fuck. It was entertaining as hell. The end was kind of flat, though, and I think we were all confused. But at the end of the day, your winners and new three-time Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions, Los Macisos. What did you think about the match, Ken? It was everything I was expecting it to be except the ending. And I agree with you. The ending just felt like it came out of nowhere. There was no reaction. I think at one point, I wasn't sure if it was a two count or what was going on. That took away from the match. But nothing from the in-ring work, though. When you know you got these six guys in there, stuff was going down. Absolutely. Let's fast forward to Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And this was coming to you from the Valleydale Ballroom in Columbus, Ohio. Game Changer Wrestling presents Moment of Clarity. The opening contest was one of those shuffled up cards. This was a match that was literally made an hour before the show went on air. Really? And it, I'm not upset about it as the Prize City OG Alec Price defeated SB Kento, 9 minutes and 17 seconds. Now, I should have said what the announcement was because night one had a big announcement. The big announcement is that DDT is going to be invading 
this year's collective Mm -hmm. and there will be a ddt show and there will also be a gcw versus ddt show on this year's collective huge news sb kento is a ddt wrestler so it was kind of nice to have that fit in the next night yeah and definitely solid match too i didn't realize they threw that together so much an hour before wow next up we had commander defeat the iron demon shane mercer nine minutes and 35 seconds you know how you beat shane mercer you just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and no better person to do that than commander and boy he will blow your mind every fucking time i need to see this one ran back too this was insane Next up, there was a tag team match. The East Coast ace Jordan Oliver and his partner, All Elite Nick Wayne, defeated the Mega Bastards, Alex Cologne and the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, in 17 minutes and 15 seconds. Unfortunately, originally, this was for the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team titles, but the Mega Bastards lost it the night before. You got to think that Oliver and Wayne are due for a shot. I think that they have to be due for a shot after beating the former champs. Yeah, you got to. Next on the card, we had Allie Catch defeat Billy Starks in 10 minutes and 4 seconds. You know what? Both of these ladies deserve big-ass contracts. Mm -hmm. Very good wrestlers. I mean, Billy Starks, 17 years old, looking like a vet already. And what can you say bad about Allie Catch? Uh, Nothing. This is a great match. The next match was for the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Championships. Your champions, Los Macisos, Ciclope Miedo Extremo, defending the titles against ASF and Gringo Loco. Nine minutes and one second at the end of the day. And still, Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions, Los Macisos. I noticed during this match that the top rope was a little loose. Yeah. And it kind of affected a couple of the dives by Gringo and ASF. Outside of that, it was a good match, but the I can't blame them because if you watch, the rope was a little loose and somebody should have tightened it. Yeah, that's the only takeaway, too, I think, because this was a great match. Otherwise, I'd love to see Gringo and ASF go for another run against them. But, yeah, when the ropes start getting a little loose, you knew there was going to be a problem because of their styles. Yamato got back in the winning ways in a big way in the next match as he defeated All Heart, the best in the fucking world, Blake Christian, 12 minutes and 47 seconds. Another banger of a match from Yamato. And, of course, Blake Christian's pretty fucking awesome himself. Yeah, no, solid match. Next, we had a six-man tag team extravaganza. The second gear crew, Mance Warner, Matthew Justice, and they were joined by Daddy, Effie. Defeated Team Unsanctioned Pro, Aaron Williams, Jeffrey John, and Lord Crew, 8 minutes and 57 seconds. And listen, I understand partnering with GCW when they come to your town. And I appreciate all these places to do. And I think it's awesome that Game Changer Wrestling will then give a stage for their wrestlers. And it's always a good thing to see because not a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. However, when GCW comes to your promotion's town and they say, hey, would you like to be a part of the show? Your first question should be, is it against the second gear crew? Yep. And if yes, you say, no, thank you. Exactly. Because they like to beat the shit out of these young boys. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> it's like watching Minoru Suzuki beat the shit out of young boys. It's, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's a straight one-sided ass k- kicking. Yeah. And that was what we got here. It was mm-hmm. still fun and entertaining, but whew, ask for somebody else. I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. Next up, we had another four-way match on the weekend, and guess who got back in the winning ways? The king of wreck shit mountain, Cole Radrick, as he defeated Anakin Murphy, Jimmy Lloyd, and Christian Robinson in four minutes and 54 seconds. Short but sweet, and it got the ratty daddy back in the winner's circle. Straight to the point. Can't go wrong with this. And last but certainly not least, the main event of the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a main event anywhere in the world, but we got to see it this Sunday. This match got 17 minutes and 45 seconds at the end of the day. The Octopus, Jonathan Gresham, defeated Speedball Mike Bailey. That's right, you heard it. Jonathan Gresham versus Mike Bailey in the main event of a GCW show, and they say they don't do wrestling. I know, right? This match was probably match of the weekend. Might even be match of the month. Who knows? (laughs) What can you say? Incredible match. Need to see this ran back again, but my God, man, phenomenal, phenomenal top to bottom. Yeah, I, I listen, man. Woo! <laughs> Trying try to give Woo. adjectives is not going to do it enough justice. Well, you don't have to wait long to see Game Changer Wrestling because they'll be back this Saturday, uh, October the 29th, from the Ukrainian Cultural Center in beautiful Los Angeles, California. That is a bell time of 8 p.m. Pacific, which means 11 p.m. Eastern for all of us on the East Coast. Just so you guys know, going down this Saturday, you can order that right now on Fight. Dot TV. Only a few matches uh, listed, but we'll go over them right now. The big one in the main event of the evening for the Game Changer Wrestling World's Championship in his first defense. 
the man, the king, king the, the god, god of this shit. shit. Nick fucking Gage will defend that title against Leo Rush. Interesting first opponent. I agree. Not going to lie when I first heard this, so now I... Could it be one and done? I mean, it's not like Nick needs a title, but this is kind of an interesting you know, clash of styles. Absolutely. Next up, we have a dream match of sorts. I've seen it before in PWG and elsewhere, but uh, I can't wait to see it again. Speedball Mike Bailey is going one-on-one with Willie Mack. Nothing wrong with this match at all. I don't care how many times I see this. Let's go. In the blow-off to the grudge match, we have Joey Janela and Starboy Charlie taking on the South Pacific Savages in a steel cage. Some crazy shit's going to happen in this one. <laughs> Absolutely. We also have Taya Valkyrie will be at this show. Nice. Not, not a listed opponent yet, but Taya will. And also Jordan Oliver is already listed amongst others. But there was a match just added yesterday. Best in the world. All heart. Blake Christian going one-on-one with the return for the first time in a while for Jake Game Changer Wrestling, Flip Gordon. Ooh. We haven't seen him much since the uh, end of Ring of Honor. Yeah, I was going to say. But he'll be on Fight.TV this Saturday night from Los Angeles, California, taking on All Heart Blake Christian. Interesting. Very good card set up for this uh, weekend's event. Then there's a weekend off before we get more Game Changer Wrestling events. Well, that's going to do it for the opening bout. This is only a two-half show, so we're going to take our only break of the show When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking all elite wrestling and more right after this break. This week's edition of 607 TWS, of course, a short one. There wasn't a ton going on, but I got to be thankful for that with everything I've got going on. Mm-hmm. But we need to talk all elite wrestling. And you know, our prayers were answered. Remember last week when I said on this show that please give me something that isn't, you know, convoluted. Please, AEW, give me a week where there's no controversy. Please give me a week where we can just talk about some good fucking wrestling. Yep. They gave us Rampage, which, eh, whatever. I, I've, I've given up on that a long time ago. But that's not important. Well, there was only one thing. Willow Nightingale officially signed. That was nice. That was good news. Mm-hmm. We did ask for good news. So that was good news. Yes. The rest of the show? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, you know. yeah. But, but, that's not what we're here for. We're here for the flagship show, Dynamite. Dynamite, man. Woo, with a big main event set up. But it wasn't just the main event. The whole night, I'm going to be honest, that whole night, fire. Yes. I, I, for once, as somebody who is a critic of wrestling, as somebody who is, give me something. Give me something. They went to a Tuesday night because of being rescheduled. They're going up against NXT. They won if you want to look at it that way, but they also dropped quite a few viewers because it was only 750,000. Yeah, 200,000 drop if I'm yeah. doing my math right. Yeah, so, but whatever. I could care less about that. Their 200,000 loss. The loss of anybody who didn't watch this show. Because for the first time in a long time, there's been good segments of Dynamite. But I don't think there's been a front-to-back good episode of Dynamite in a while. And that's mm-hmm. in, uh, Grand Slam Grand Slam probably came close to it. This is the closest. 
But and I would but it say wasn't even perfect, though. It man. wasn't. The women's match was kind of botchy on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, three finishes in a row of the same thing. Great matches, but the finishes. You know, and, and once again, I'm being a critic. Everybody's a critic. But I, I was staying fair to that because I've criticized Raw for the same shit. Oh, yeah. So coming out of this, this was top to bottom. Banger after banger after banger. Like, you, you get that message out there. Banger after banger. I feel like I'm Seamus. Yeah. Banger after banger after banger. The, the right amount of interview spots. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I noticed right away. They cut down the promo segments. And look how much better the show ran with that. But they still did some, including an amazing promo from Mr. MJF. He had two of them, but that first one. Woo, the fire. Coming out, cutting off William Regal, shutting him right up and down. This is what you want out of MJF. When he taps into that blurred line of realism... This comes off so good. Oh, my God. He came out. He basically said, hey, I came to WWE, and, you know, you just passed me by. And then I, he said, keep in touch because you saw big things. And then you would just criticize me and not help me out. And, it, you know, you know what? To hell with you. That's why I'm going to shove it down your throat. And I'm going to beat your boy's ass, and I'm going to take that belt off of him. And William Regal, to his credit, once again, this is why you should have never had Wheeler Yuta talking. Mm-hmm. This is why you have... William Regal talking because he knows how to talk. And he just did it in his, and it was in his perfect, shitty <laughs> Blackpool, England self where he kept calling them sweetheart and stuff. Yep. You know, this is what I wanted out of you. I wanted you to get the fire. You just got it late. And unfortunately, you also still haven't learned how to get it done because you have to cheat to win. You have to, you got to rig the system. You know, you, when are you going to earn something for yourself? I thought it was perfect. And the explosion back and forth, great promo segment. We had great matches on this card but the main event we had finally the cowboy hangman adam page finally getting a shot at the championship that he lost and hadn't gotten a shot for and he finally gets that shot against john moxley in cincinnati Mm -hmm. in john moxley's hometown and the match was going very well yeah until it wasn't and unfortunately hangman page suffered a tremendous injury uh we found out later it was just a concussion i say just a concussion because at the time it looked looked like he might have broke his neck yeah it looked like a lot of things might have been going wrong in that ring now here's where i want to say first and foremost there's some people out there and i had to explain this to people and i'm going to say kudos to all elite wrestling kudos to tony khan and everybody in the back they quickly got him help Mm -hmm. and they stopped the match and they assessed the situation and you're in a rough spot now there's 10 minutes left of TV time. You can't just go and fade to black. Right. You can't just end a show with 10 minutes of time left. That's not how business works. They did the right thing. The only thing I will criticize, and it's not, and I'm not mad about it. The only thing I can criticize, and I would have done differently, is I would have done the promo on the ramp so you could have left Hangman in the ring to be worked on instead of kind of rushing him out to get to the final part to give something to the fans to watch. That's the only thing. But even then, I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying that's the only thing I would have done differently. I think just under the circumstances... Well, first and foremost, I echo your statements. I think AEW and Tony Khan handled this as well as anybody could in the situation. So props to you about this. I think, though, yeah, I agree with you. They should have done it off the stage. They should not have had anything to do with the ring, given enough time. But I think it was like one of the situations where under the circumstance that was just a knee-jerk reaction they just had to run with it so i don't think they really kind of put the thought into it but it didn't take anything away agreed like, agreed once again it's not me crucifying right, just, right, that's right, the right. only thing i would have done different but i get why they did it the other mm, way it's fine yeah so we had to make up for it now obviously they had already planned for mjf to come out at the end of the night i'm sure that was part of the plan now you just have to kill a little more time couldn't have been two better people to kill the time than john moxley and mjf mm-hmm so we get John Maxley, cut a little promo, say, you know, Hangman, you're a tough son of a bitch. I know you'll be okay. Crowd, you know, pops because obviously the crowd got quiet after he got injured, which happens. Out comes MJF with Bryce Remsburg in tow. <laughs> uh, and now we're like, wow. So it is now we're back to it being money in the bank. They need to make up their mind on that. But he comes out. He's got him in tow. He starts taking off the shirt. By the way, MJF, when you're the one criticism I'm going to give MJF is when you know you're going to be doing a running spot, Get like bigger cuffs on your fucking dress shirts. Mm-hmm. He's always getting them stuck. Yeah, like you need to get it off a little quicker. But anyways, he's gonna. It looks like he's gonna cash in. He bails out of the ring, does the heel move, crowd boos. He then gets the microphone and does something that I thought was fucking amazing. 
He, you know, taking a negative and turning it positive. The negative of Hangman Page being injured, the positive of what we're getting here. He then hands the chip to William Regal, gets on the mic and said, listen, not going to do it. Not going to fight you tonight. Not going to fight you here in Cincinnati. Not, nope. Not even after you've been through this match with Hangman Page. Nope. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you when I'm not going to stab you in the back. I'm going to tell you exactly when I'm cashing it in. I'm cashing that chip in at full gear. Me and you at full gear for that AEW title. This will give you time to rest up. This will give you time to be 100% because I want you at 100% because I'm going to come to this ring and I'm going to beat you with no excuses, 100% one-on-one for that title. And for the first time in my miserable life, and that's his exact yep. words, I'm going to I'm gonna earn it. And he stormed off. And I was like, crowd popped. It's like, holy shit, we just saw an evolution of MJF in one fucking night. I always hate to use the term anti-hero, but he kind of turned into one. In Ron that would be very mad at you about anti-hero, but it's true. It kind of was. Yeah, way. like that's the whole thing. Like I, I'm sitting there going like, did he just turn face? But this was very Austin-esque. I'm going to put this out to you. I'm going to throw it out there. He ain't turning face. He's cheating to win that belt. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> He's gonna, the firm will get involved. Don't, don't fucking be fooled. Mm-hmm. However, the firm will be involved. You know, Blackpool Combat Club will fight them off, and then he'll use the ring or whatever nefarious means he needs to become champion. That, I, I promise you that's going to happen. I'd be very surprised if they did it clean. They could, but I think that the story is better as him as a heel. Oh, and then, he could, then, but then, and just, then he'll come out and say, I earned it. Like, even after he cheated, everybody saw him cheat. He's going to be like, I earned it. You watched me all. I beat him one-on-one. No help. Yep. But yeah, I can see that. Uh, I thought that was a great, like, handing, him, handing William Regal a trip, talking shit to Regal. Wasn't even talking shit to Mox. Talking shit directly to Regal and saying, hey, full gear. You had 100%. Me and you one-on-one. I'm going to look you in the eye as I beat you for that AEW title. And I thought the word, the wording was pretty fucking amazing when he said, for the first time in my miserable life, I'm going to earn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. No, very interesting play. Yeah, I mean, obviously something's going to weird happen at that pay-per-view, but that is going to be something now to watch. But yeah, like I say, he came out with the big winner of Wednesday night. Oh, or, absolutely. Or Tuesday night, rather. I'm sorry. Tuesday this week. Yeah. You know what I'll say? I came, I came out being more excited for full gear than I ever thought I would be. Yeah. Just that night, just that promo, the promos from MJF and the way the show went off the air, knowing that our main event for full gear for the All Elite Wrestling World Championship will be John Moxley defending the title against MJF, who is the rightful number one contender at this point because of that chip. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good with it. That is a match that I want to see. That was this is a story, and I guarantee over the next few weeks, because we only got a few weeks away, I guarantee we're gonna we're gonna get more of a story and build. There's already a good story there, but this story is going to get great over the next couple of weeks, building into full gear. I I think the sky is the limit. I think this could possibly be. I know we haven't heard too much of what's other announced, but just with this main event, just with the way it feels, just with the way it, it almost seems like they're trying to go back to that grassroots, like how they started with this pay per view, especially with Mox versus MJF, which for the first time in a long time is. Two AEW guys, I understand that Moxley came over, but Moxley was one that was there early on. Mm. I consider him the heart and soul of AEW. He just re-upped. So, yes, he was other places. It doesn't matter. Everybody started it somewhere else. Even MJF was on the indies. MJF is a former CZW world champion. Yeah. He was in MLW. Technically, he signed a contract in MLW. So, it's not even his first contract. So, if you want to play the you know the little nitpicky, you can. But these are two guys. The heart and soul of AEW and John Moxley, your world champion. And then, on the other hand, you have the guy who's been the forever bad guy, but the best fucking heel in the business in MJF. I'm telling you, this is the best case scenario for all elite wrestling. Am I wrong? Am I right? What is your thoughts, Ken M? You're spot on. This could not have played out any better for the first time in a long time. This feels like a big fight. This feels impactful. This feels like I should go spend $50 to watch this fight. And for the past couple of pay-per-views, really hasn't felt that way. They really put the emotion into this. They're really getting back. Like, this is just how when AEW is clicking, it works. And you can understand why people are very excited about this promotion. This was no drama outside of the ring. This was just everybody putting it right in the ring, building stories, 
driving those characters into a direction where now you can't wait to see what happens. Agreed. Agreed. And I can't wait to see the undercard for this event as well. Mm-hmm. I know that this upcoming week on AEW Dynamite, which is back on its normal day, Wednesday, is going to have a number one contendership match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships that is involving the people who have been the number one contender since April of, la- of this year. I swear, if, if FTR does not get it, I'm going to lose it on social. I, I don't I don't understand why there's a number one contenders match for a number one contendership they've held since April. But, hey, at least we're getting them on Dynamite, so Tony Khan might be listening. Because, remember, I challenged that last week, and here we are. So, hey, if I get Acclaim versus FTR at the full gear, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. The Acclaimed, still not my favorite team as far as in-ring work, but they're fucking entertainment, entertaining as hell, and that gimmick is great. Yeah. And I'm sure FTR, FTR at this point in juncture could wrestle a broom to a five-star match. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that one out there. But we're going to find out more about that this upcoming week on AEW Dynamite. Looking forward to full gear. So much good coming out. We were going from like, this thing keeps fucking getting worse and worse to now coming out on the other side, hopeful as hell. I love this. And I hope this continues. TK, everybody in Jacksonville, hear me now. Continue what you did this past Tuesday going forward. Yes. It's, it really isn't rocket science, and it's not that hard. Just keep it going. It seems like from the cards you have built up on Dynamite that that's what you're doing for this upcoming week. Let's keep it going. I want to have more positive conversations in the upcoming weeks about Ollie Wrestling going in to their next big pay-per-view full gear. Use this as your blueprint. There you go. But there is some business to take care of. There's a little bit of grimy business, but it's it's in a positive light. I'm going to paint it in the positive way because I do believe it's a positive thing. We finally may be getting closer to the end of Scrum Gate. Oh, jeez. We may be finally getting there, Ken M. And obviously, we're going to be talking about a couple of salacious items that are... One of them is fact. Mm-hmm. One of them is a rumor that's going around the internet. And we're going to break it down. But both of them seem to point in the direction that Scrum Gate is coming to an end. Let's start with the fact. It has been announced this past week by All Elite Wrestling that they have severed ties and released from his duties the man who has a bigger bite than the <laughs> junkyard hog <laughs> ace steel uh how do you feel about finally releasing ace steel who obviously got way too physical in that altercation taking place after the scrum as we call it scrum gate in my opinion it was only a matter of time because uh, just with all the stories that were coming out he was the one that sounded like he got the most physical and obviously, AEW had to send a message about this and, the, and that they're addressing it. And this was one that I figured was going to happen. As well as I did. I thought it took a little while. But that means to me that this investigation is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. I, that means that I don't know. I, I can't tell you right now if the that means the elite is coming back. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they're, they, they're still pining to leave. I don't know if they're happy to come back. I don't know. We'll find out in the upcoming weeks. You know, that's how I can tell. The same yeah. with CM Punk. We'll find out. I mean, we know he's out injured now. Uh, never was suspended, which was weird. <laughs> Technically, they never announced that he was suspended, mm-hmm. but he is out injured. We know that. And so we don't know. Maybe he'll be back when his injury is over. Maybe he won't, but there's rumors going around the internet about CM Punk currently. Before we get there, once again, the Ace Steel thing needed to happen. It finally happened. And to me, that is a sign that this investigation is nearing an end. Hopefully, we will see Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks back on TV soon. And we're going to speculate on CM Punk right now. CM Punk has been in the rumor mill this week because allegedly, and mind you, this has been popping up for the last month, Mm -hmm. but this has gotten a little more traction these days. Allegedly, AEW is currently working on a contract buyout with Mr. Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk. This contract buyout would be them paying, not even firing him, paying him the rest of his contract or a portion of the contract, whatever is teamed about, and possibly a no-compete clause. Allegedly, that is what the problem is currently. Allegedly, they want like something like a year or two-year no-compete clause, whatever it is, the remainder of his contract, pretty much. And CM Punk's like, well, no, if I'm allowing you to buy me out, allegedly, once again, these are all legends, if I'm allowing you to buy me out, I don't want a no-compete clause. There was no no-compete clause in the fucking contract. Mm-hmm. So therefore, why should I have a no-compete clause? Or if you're going to do that, what about a standard 90-day? I'm assuming that's what he's they're talking about with this allegedly. So right now, allegedly, AEW is trying to buy out the contract, which we've heard this rumor before. Now, like I said, it's getting a little louder. And now there's more details involved with the, the hiccup, allegedly, is the no-compete clause. This has got some garnered some more speculation. Before we jump into the extra speculation, Ken M, let's just talk about that. Do you think there is smoke to the fire 
that there is a contract buyout possibly happening? And do you think that it is the no compete clause or what do you think is the holdup on that not happening if you think that's true? I think now that ACL has been released, I think it is true. That I think that they're kind of weighing out who's responsible for the actions that went down. I think the investigation, like you touched upon, is about over. And I think that this is just going to be one of the last hiccups involved because of the amount of money that's involved in that contract. And I think especially, too, with how the no-compete clause has not been in there for AEW, the fact that they're trying to do this now with, in the perception is, their biggest star leaving is CM Punk. They want to make sure he's not going to wind up on Raw or SmackDown the next night if that's where he so chooses. So I, I do think there is some smoke to this. I'm just not sure exactly how much. I'm up in the air right now. And this is weird for me. I'm usually, you know, I try to lean one way or the other Mm -hmm. right now. I'm about 50, 50 because it's on one hand. I'm like, okay, makes sense. You get rid of a steal. Obviously the the, investigation is winding down. Punk's not going to be happy about that. Punk wasn't happy about the situation. He is a cancer in the locker room. Because let's be honest, no matter if you want to say, oh, Colt Cabana from the past or Hangman Page making a comment, at the end of the day, CM Punk is a is a bigger star than both of those men combined. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that to shit on either man. I'm no, just it's saying true. it's true. He is a bigger draw in the wrestling business than both of them combined. Those guys, I, I mean, I'm not saying ever because, you know, Hang. Uh, Colt, yes, Colt will never be a bigger star than CM Punk. He's it's too it's too far into the game for him. Yeah, Hangman Page, jury's out. Could happen, right? Because he's a talented young man. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of years ahead of him. But let's be honest, CM Punk is one of the biggest draws in wrestling history, giving the devil his due. So on one hand, I'm like, but when you're a cancer and you're bringing down the locker room, and we've seen a rebound without him, I'm like, okay, maybe the best thing is to get rid of him. We said that before. But on the other hand. Tony being the fucking, and I'm going to say, call it like it is, being the fucking Mark he is, has always been like, oh, we have CM Punk, and CM Punk is my friend, and, oh, da, 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 da. and let him sit there and run, not only go into business for himself in an in-ring promo, then sit there at the scrum where all this fucking popped off without saying a fucking word. Yeah. So at the same time that I'm like, mm, you know, smarter for business is to let him go because he's become quite the toxic character. At the same time, Ken, I feel like, they're not always doing the smartest things in these avenues. So it's about a 50-50. Would I let him go? Yes. Even though he's your biggest draw, I would let him go because you could build a bigger draw. Mm-hmm. That's what you should worry about. The, the energy that has come back to the solid fan base, maybe not the casuals yet, but the hardcore fan base who was delusioned with all the WWE guys, quote-unquote, winning all the belts all the time, is now coming back around that we're starting to see the originals kind of come back into their shine with cm punk the originals aren't in that shine right so i think that it's a good thing for business as far as your fan base and then you could from there you can if you continue doing the right things you will build the casual audience and you will build on that audience cm punk is a big deal though and there's a certain amount of the aw faithful who are still watching aw right now that i think might tune out after he's gone well, that's the risk you got to take. But at the same point, I think that the reason that you're hearing more smoke about this, is I think people are finally starting to get through to TK about this and saying, listen, he might be your favorite, but he's bad for business. So what do you want to be? Do you want to be a fan or do you want to be an owner? And this is where you need to decide what you want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that this is going to be a big crux here. And now, mind you, it is going to hurt to let go a big draw, but it will. I think it will get better over time. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Brings us to the second part. If there is a contract negotiation buyout, I don't think it's going to be money because I think Punk, knowing him, he's a suave businessman about his money. He's going to get all of that money or a good portion. Or he's going to get something in return. So maybe Tony conned him down a little bit and said, instead of paying you out whatever's left due, I don't know what it was. Allegedly, it was $10 million a year. Uh, Allegedly, it was like a three to five year contract. Mm. So there's a lot of contract left after a year. So there's at least, you know, possibly up to $20 million left, if not more. So I think we could end up in this really weird situation where he might go down in price to sacrifice this no-compete thing. Tony, being smart, is adding a no-compete in. He should have added in the contracts. From From now on, he should have them in there so you don't have these problems. But here we are. This is what I'm thinking, Ken. I'm thinking that CM Punk is betting against the fact of the hatred Triple H has for AEW and Tony Khan. And I'm thinking, and before, remember, I said there's no way, no way Triple H would hire CM Punk. 
there is actually one way. And that way is you come over here right after you get let go and you say everything you want to say about that company. You run them into the fucking ground as only you can do. And we'll reward you. We'll reward you when you're healthy with a title. We'll reward you when you're healthy with your WrestleMania main event. And people go, that's kind of crazy. But is it? Triple H, the guy who's had to hear fans, and then this past week, by the way, fans, this is why saying the dumb stuff that people do is counterproductive to what you're doing. Because this past week, oh, just like on the Wednesday Night Wars, we kicked their ass. You don't think Triple H hears this shit? You don't think that bothers Triple H? You guys are, I'm telling you, there's a lot of things he does because that bothers him. And he's definitely put that gun to the head and said, okay, now you're going to have to fight us. My thing is this, if CM Punk agrees with Triple H and says, hey, and we know he's a petty, bitter man. Could you imagine all he really has to do is go, we'll give you X amount of dollars. We'll give you a main event at WrestleMania and we'll hand you the WWE title one more time. And all you have to do is come on as soon as they release you, show up on Raw, get in the ring, sit cross-legged, and just run them down for 15 to 20 minutes. That's all you have to do. We'll even let you say their name. You know. So Tony Khan better not let him have a non-compete is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. No, I, I, I would say this. If it's a short-term deal or like a part-time deal, I, I could see this happening because I think the, the what Triple H is smart enough to do is he knows the locker room is in a good place right now. I don't think he's going to want to deal with CM Punk continuously, but I think you're absolutely right. The minute the minute whoever comes out of the scrum is released, whether it's the Punk's Buck or the Buck Omega Punk, you know, like everybody. Sorry, there's just so many which, people involved. Whichever, whichever the group, whether it's the elite or punk. Thank you. Know, yes, I'll thank help you. you out. Yes, because there's so many names here. Oh yeah. Whoever his first release is coming on the the first show, and they're going to be able to talk for 20 minutes. Like he's going to want him to do that. If it's punk, it's even more venom. So I think there's part of him this kind of lean in in that aspect. But I do think that I would say now, 35. percent I would say a little higher. I'm I'm going to go 50 50. Okay. I'm going to go 50-50 again. And the reason I say that is because I know that Triple H does not like CM Punk, but the end sometimes justifies the means. Mm -hmm. And if you just have to cater to the ego and go, okay, you get a main event at WrestleMania, you get to go on last, you get to go on. See, what I would do, (laughs) here's how I make the deal. Because it depends on when he's healthy, right? Yeah. You can cut the promo unhealthy. Yeah. So you you're not going to have him in the locker room. You're, if you, if it, it's like let's say they release Punk tomorrow, no non compete. That means he's showing up on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And on SmackDown, he's going to cut the promo. Let him have his promo. Let him bury your competition. Let him bury the competition every interview he does while he's out rehabbing that injury. And then after you're done doing that, when he gets healthy, probably won't be in time for this year's WrestleMania. Probably not. Right. When he's healthy, put him in some spots. Have them debut, come back in the ring performance at SummerSlam, book a fucking pay-per-view once again against All Out, and have them wrestle there. <laughs> Hear me out. I'm listening. I'm listening. And then you get to buy, you know, give them the belt at Survivor Series or something. Give them one of the belts, split them up, have them say whatever. And then you just have them go on to Mania, the main event with Roman. Roman smashes CM Punk, and we're done. He gets his main event. He loses to Roman Reigns. All is right in the world. Makes sense to me. I think if you if I think if Triple H and Triple H is a smart man is thinking like that, it's worth it. Boy, I mean, like I say, it makes sense to me. I just I, I don't know. I mean, I do think though this would be the ultimate fu to AEW. So I think that the idea is gaining some steam. Agreed, agreed. I'm just saying, I said never, and I know I should never break the rule of never say never. There's always a time and a place. And honestly, right now is the only time and place I could see it happening. Mm-hmm. If this happens six months from now, if it happens a year from now, I don't know if it has the same power. I think Triple H would be only interested if he can get released, show up out of nowhere on television, and cut the most ven- venomous promo of his life. Yeah, Give us the pipe bomb 3.0, but make it the best you've ever done. And say, hey, I still don't like the asshole I'm working for here. But guess what? At least he knows he's not a fucking mark. Mm-hmm. Go go for the juggler, which you know he will. Yeah, and and like I said, it it would be a better deal for WWE fans if the elite comes over, but the promo won't be as good. No, if it's Punk, the promo will be fucking. Mwah! That'll be the epic. Or you want to know the biggest fuck you to AEW would be? 
Honestly, and I'm not saying <laughs> I'm just we're playing we're, we're spitballing here. The biggest fuck you to AEW is that you have the same scenario I said about Punk, but the main event of WrestleMania is him versus Cody. Oh my god. Cody goes over in the main event to a huge pop over CM Punk and the fucking like you take their their executive who they didn't think you get over who got a huge pop in mania and you bring it full fucking circle <laughs> it writes itself folks can you imagine they did that wrestlemania in chicago yeah yeah because it wouldn't be the well though if you did they'd have to wait two years because we right. already know the ones in philly but that would be crazy yeah AEW, I, I don't know AEW's I, home turf i don't know if i'd want to do a one at soldier field unless they put a roof on that fucker well, aren't, they, aren't they doing there, a new there's, stadium? There's a new stadium, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. But we don't know when that's coming. I'm just saying. I'm spitballing. So, honestly, Tony Khan, here's where the business situation. You're in a tough fucking spot, man. You're in a tough spot, kid. You've got to get one of the... Whoever's going, whether it's punk... Well, the best thing you could do is somehow reach this peace treaty and get all parties to come back to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Get the elite to come back. Get punk to play nice and come back. Do whatever you have to do is actually the best way to go about this and avoid anything. Because if you give up one or the other, it's going to bite you in your ass. Yeah. And honestly, it's going to sound weird to say this. I was always like, don't lose the elite because of the better of the in-ring performers. They still have years ahead of them. But thinking about that promo, that promo is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. So you're in a rough spot. So do not let, first of all, do not let CM Punk, if you are releasing him, do not let him walk with a no compete. And also do not let him walk with a short no compete. Because I said today or the next day, but even if it's a 90-day triple, that's going to put you in WrestleMania season. That's going to put you in Royal Rumble time for him to come cut a promo to get everybody fired up for WrestleMania. Could you imagine if they ran an NXT takeover during Mania and they just that's where Punk comes out. He goes, well, you know, we were beating you guys all those Wednesday nights. I figured I'd try to help you win the war. Maybe. Also, like I said, the the money is with him just talking shit. Oh, yeah. With him running down how they're unprofessional and blah, 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 calling them a mark a bunch of times, blah, 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 blah. It's, I'm just telling you, the likelihood is now there just because of the venom. Mm-hmm. I wish it wasn't, but we'll see where we go. Yeah. Well, Ken M, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's 607 TWS. But before we go, tell the fine folks once again how to find yourself in the Ocho Duro Parlor Podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on the social media accounts all right there on the front page along with the Public and Patreon link. Parlay points block section. Going to try squeaking out that blocks count anywhere. Talking Glory Pro Wrestling's got a show coming up this weekend. MLW's got a show coming up. News coming out from the NWA. A lot more pro wrestling content if you want some more after 607 TWS and the ODPH. Also, uh, on the website, you got to plug the director and it's where you can find the ODPH on your favorite podcast provider and the classified section where you can find the friends over here at 3FN Podcast. For anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. Keep it short and simple. For all information, including social links, links to Patreon, links to Public, links to uh, everything else on there, whether it's the music directory with Floodlands or our good friend Second Suitor who do the song that we go out to every week or whether it's to uh, the local sponsors or friends of the show. Make sure you just go to 3FNpodcast.com. It's your one-stop shop for all that information. Remember, 3FNpodcast.com. Well, we're at the end of the show. We'll be back next week with another take on all things pro wrestling. Until then, for myself, for Ken M, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later wrestling fans. Damn hard I